0: Hi, everybody. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the first official episode of the year. Well, I guess Monday's episode was, but the first interview episode of the year. Let me just say, I'm really excited for the podcast this year. I have a good feeling about things and I can't wait for you guys to hear some of the guests that I have coming up. But I have to say, I absolutely loved this episode and I will admit I did not really know what to expect going into it. So I don't really watch a lot of reality TV. I don't watch a ton of TV in general. I have a few shows here and there that I fixate on, but usually by the end of the day, I'm so burnt out on being on a screen. You guys know I'm a delicate little flower, so everything affects me. And if I watch TV at night, it messes with my sleep. Anyway, all of this is to say I know who Hannah Brown is. I'm familiar with her, but I hadn't really watched any of the shows that she's been on, so I didn't really know what to expect. But I think that actually kind of lent itself to this being a really good conversation because we really just went for the deep stuff instead of talking about kind of the surfacey like reality TV bachelor dancing with the stars kind of things that you hear about in a lot of other interviews. And I just felt like we had such a raw, candid, vulnerable conversation. And I just loved her so much. So As you guys probably know, Anna Brown is a television personality and an influencer. She starred on The Bachelorette. She was on The Bachelor. She won Dancing with the Stars. Now she is on a new Fox show called Special Forces, World's Toughest Test. And in this conversation, we kind of just dive right in and go back to her past and her upbringing and her family dynamics. And we talk about why that drew her to seek out Competitions her whole life. She was also in pageants before she was on TV. And we talk about how being in the public eye for so much of her life has affected her. And we talk about body image and things like that. But she also had this really kind of profound moment where she realized that getting everything that she wanted, you know, being on these TV shows, winning, dancing with the stars, it didn't really mean anything to her because she didn't have inner happiness and inner peace. And she just had this moment where she felt like she hit rock bottom and that changed the trajectory of her life. And so we talk about what that kind of emotional rock bottom was like, and then how she shifted to focus on her mental health and cultivate inner happiness and we talk a lot about her self care routines. We talk about tips to protect our peace. This is the year of protecting our peace. Let me just say, at least for me, I know everyone is like, okay, we're over hearing about New Year's resolutions and goals, especially after my last episode. But just gotta say, like, that is number one. We talk about how to avoid the comparison trap, we talk about boundaries, limiting social media. We play around of this or that at the end from questions that the audience sent in. And it's just a really honest conversation. I think everybody will be able to relate to it and will find value in it. I know I definitely did. So please enjoy Hannah Brown. Welcome, Hannah. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. So excited to have you here. And my audience is really excited too. I put a Instagram story thing up yesterday saying that you were coming on and I had people send in this or that question. So we're going to play around of this or that at the end. But there are so many things that I want to get into with you today. And I wanted to start actually with something that I heard you say on another podcast. I think it was on relationship. Mm -hmm. And you said that you had a realization where you recognized that your whole life has been a series of competitions going way back. You did dance, right? And then you did pageants and then you did The Bachelor and then Dancing with the Stars. And I just am curious what led to that realization and what was that like for you?
1: Well, I wrote my memoir, God Bless This Mess. And through that, I actually like worked with my therapist through the process, like She was there through me kind of going through my life. And as I was detailing everything and kind of just looking back and she like looked at me and she said, do you like see a pattern here? And she's like, everything you've done, you've been in a competition. And it was wild to look back on that and then see how that has shaped the way that I live my life and how I exist. And while I think there's so many great things about that, I mean, it keeps me driven and focused when I am in that competition state. There's also like a sense of fight or flight that you're always staying in, always trying to be ready and trying to gain a better position and caring about what other people think. A lot of those competitions are faced with what judges think about you. And that is so, it's all about what other people think of you. You know, it's not based on any merit of my own worth. and And it can get into a very slippery slope of insecurities and doubt. And yeah, I've had to do a lot of reframing from that. And it was really powerful because I definitely see how in my life, I definitely have thought that living in a state of fight or flight has really been the thing that kind of gave me a wake-up call like that feels normal to me to like always be on edge of Mm -hmm. what's going to happen and try to prepare for that and that's not a way to live so this really this past year or two I've really just tried to get a little bit more grounded and and know that it's okay to like breathe and be present I don't think I even knew that was possible before. I was always like thinking of the next and it's still a challenge now.
0: Mm -hmm. I was listening to a podcast and they were talking about why we are so resistant to change and why we somehow find comfort in the habits and the patterns that are not necessarily the best thing for us. And the psychologist who was on the podcast was saying that our brains are just wired to see anything unfamiliar as a threat. So somebody might say, well, if you're in fight or flight all the time, why do you stay in those patterns? But your brain would rather stay in the familiar because that's not threatening. You kind of know the outcome. You've kind of been sitting there. Whereas the unknown is just a threat. This has been like such a big thing. in like
1: my journey lately, I have a new show coming out, Special Forces World's Toughest Test. But I got into this crazy environment and I realized there was a there was like this like change in my brain that was like almost like oh this feels comfortable and that was really it it should have not been that, that way so when I got back home I was like why do I do that and same thing in relationships I'm in a relationship now that is so safe and grounding and I know just that my partner is like with me and that is one of the issues that we have is actually me almost wanting to make something out of nothing and really being able to sit in like the grace and goodness of it. Like it, it is, it is the wildest thing to me, but it's, it is so true for me. Like I'm always like, <laughs> I'm always like, where's the drama? (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Which is not good, but I'm slowly like, I really feel like I've done a really good job of slowly breaking that pattern, but it is such a pattern that you have to break. Even Mm -hmm. like a generational pattern of, if you live in drama and chaos, that's all I've ever known. And to now, well, then put into like extreme chaos being on some of the shows that I was on in such a short amount of time to now being like, okay, there's an alternate way to live. Mm -hmm. And choosing that
0: has been difficult, Mm -hmm. but so worth it. (laughs) I'm thankful. That resonates with me because I'm a former alcoholic and addict. Mm -hmm. And so all I really knew was volatility in one way or another and chaos for so long. And when I got sober, I was really uncomfortable initially, not because I didn't like being sober because I did like that part, but my life and my relationships and everything just felt so not boring, but Mm, I was just kind of looking for something to create that cycle again. Oh my gosh. So
1: I haven't struggled with that type of addiction, but I say that my struggle with addiction is like validation. Mm -hmm. And I think that comes from being in that competitive state my whole life, like being validated in in, in my works and what I do and really never feeling worthy. But like, I, I want to make this happen or make people like me. Like, so with
0: that becomes chaos and drama mm-hmm. and striving. And I would imagine there's a sense of control in that too. For because sure. You're like, I will control people's perception of me. Yes. And... That kind of got me to where I was
1: on these television shows. But then it was like through that is where I really started being like seeing the negative effects of that. And just how you can't keep that up for a long time. Or at least I couldn't. Like I just I couldn't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. Maybe I got older. and just like I can't. And then saw the damaging ramifications of that. But that has that has been my addiction is always trying to. I don't know, I guess when, Mm -hmm. I guess that's,
0: that's it. Here at the blonde files, we don't believe in crash diets, deprivation, restriction, anything like that. And over at Saqqara, they don't believe in that either, but we know that at the beginning of the year, a lot of people have resolutions or goals or intentions of maybe cleaning up the way they eat or nourishing themselves better. Whatever the goal is, Sakara wants to nourish with more of what helps you look and feel your best. That is what is going to make it sustainable. Their organic meals and wellness essentials are designed to support your goals, whether that's weight loss or clearer skin. So, if you are ready to ring in your healthiest year yet, definitely check out Sakara. They have really great customizable delivery options, and all of the food is. So incredible. You guys, I got a delivery a few weeks ago and it not only helped me feel better because of how good the food was, but also because I've talked about this before, I tend to fall into habits where maybe I have a late breakfast and then I blow through lunch and then I'm starving by four or five o'clock and then I'm snacking on everything while I try to make dinner or I skip breakfast, I have a smoothie, and then my blood sugar's all over the place. And it's just not a good situation. So when I had this delivery from Sakara, I was eating breakfast. I was eating lunch. Lunch is my big problem meal that I never can seem to have. But I feel so much better when I do. And then I would have amazing dinner, and they have incredible snacks, all of that. So definitely go to their site and check out the menu in your area. Sakara delivers science backed plant rich nutrition programs and wellness essentials right to your door. Their ready to eat meals are nutritionally designed to deliver results from weight management and eased bloat to boosted energy and clearer skin. And right now, Sakara is offering my listeners 20% off their first order if they go to sakara.com slash blonde or enter the code blonde at checkout. That's Sakara, S A K A R A. Dot com slash blonde to get 20% off your first order. Sakara.com slash blonde. Hi, I'm Pia Barangini, a creative director of LPA, an entrepreneur, a wife, and a dog mom based in Los Angeles. This is my new podcast, Everything Is the Best, where we basically ask interesting people, how did you go from zero to yacht? I'm always curious how the hell people became successful, and I figured you would be too. Get on the internet with me. Let's laugh, let's cry, let's overshare, and let's get inspired to live our best lives. Check out new episodes every Wednesday. It's all for you, baby. Thanks for listening. Love you, mean it. You kind of alluded to this, but I was going to ask you, have you explored why you sought that out, that competitiveness and that desire to win and that trajectory that you went on? Yeah. I mean,
1: I've talked about this and my parents know like their relationship, especially early on, like. Could be it wasn't like always the most peaceful household to be in, and I think I found whenever I succeeded or ex- excelled in something, it was like the peacemaker. It was like mm-hmm. the thing that drew the attention away from maybe the argument or issues that were happening, and could bring some type of peace. And so I think I continued that of like, oh, if only like this will happen, then this will kind of cover up everything else. So I I definitely think that's where that stemmed from. I'm still kind of working on it. Yeah, I I think that has been it. And so now I'm trying to be and now my like I said, my life is I've made changes and made choices to where that isn't the lifestyle that I live in currently. But there's still like almost that fiending for the whole cycle mm-hmm. that I still have, mm-hmm. which I think is just super interesting. Like, I think every, there's so many different types of addictions that you can have. Yes. And that is when like I literally, like you said, like it can be boring. I, I sometimes say like, I don't feel like I'm as, as interesting anymore now that <laughs> I'm like, I don't know, healing. But that, yeah, that's just kind of, I'm I'm trying to find like, Really, who am I without mm-hmm. all the distractions? Because all of it, what it really is is a distraction. Yeah.
0: I think that makes people more interesting, like yeah. being introspective and having perspective and insight and all of that. You've talked about hitting a rock bottom with all of this. And I'm curious if you can elaborate on what that was for you and what made you decide to get out of that cycle for a little bit and mm-hmm. explore all of it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I had like a crazy 2019,
1: 2018 to like 2020, like just life completely changed. Like I had $70 in my bank account and like my parent, you know, just it wasn't, it was just me and I was just didn't know what I want to do and then had all these crazy like opportunities just come up and. And none of it was me searching for it, which is what I've always found out. Like when I'm successful, it's when I'm just like being authentic and things will come. Mm -hmm. It's all the in-between is where I really mess up because I'm like, oh, I've got to keep it or (laughs) I've got to have it. And then I get in the way. And I think it was really after winning Dancing with the Stars, I think I had gone through so much just my personal life being on display and not really realizing like the emotional toll that was taking on me or realizing it but having this new distraction and believing okay well if I win this then it'll all be worth it because how was like a year ago I would have never thought this would happen and then when I won is actually when I think everything started to really just like spiral because I think I wanted it to feel this certain way which I'm like I love that show I'm so thankful to be on that show I'm so thankful for the people involved, but it was my own mental state that really made me realize like when I won, I thought I would be like super excited and I felt so empty. And because I was still hurting, like I was proud of what I did, but it, it's getting all the things that you want do not make, cannot make you have internal happiness. And then my life just started spiraling. My brother had. Which he's talked about openly, like he had an overdose. I had some like relationship things going on. I was just making like very bad decisions. I never sh- struggled with alcohol, but I found myself just like drinking every night. And I, and and for me, drinking every night that like I never drank before. Like mm-hmm. truly, I, it was just becoming this really bad cycle, and kind of lost who I was. Mm -hmm. Frankly, I found that addiction to the validation came from like my cell phone and everybody else around me. Like my friends now were like, when I saw you during this time, like it's just very apparent to people who knew me, I was not really okay. I was just very distant. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I made some really bad decisions and, and hurt people and hurt myself. And then it was like, okay, a lot has just happened and I need help. Like, this isn't really even me mm. to make poor decisions like this. And, but it was also really hard because I had never really gotten in trouble in my life, like, made really bad decisions because I was always like very, cal- like, calculated mm-hmm. in a way. And it was like all that just then got me into the spiral of just like not being myself. And that was when I was like, okay, things have got to change mm-hmm. and started going to therapy. And I know I think like everybody's like, I go to therapy, but like it does like literally change your life. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And had to make like boundaries, like learn boundaries and make tough choices and have really hard conversations with other people and with myself and lots of like emotional like breakdowns to breakthroughs. And I'm still on the journey too. I don't want to like make it sound like I figured everything out. Definitely haven't, but it was what I needed. I think sometimes like you have to have that like rock. Once you hit rock bottom, there's only up from there. And there's kind of like a a sense of like freedom in that. It's like there's nowhere else for me to really go in in my journey right now other than up and Mm -hmm. to get better. And that's kind of how I live my life now. Like when I have a bad day, I always like look at this thing I have on my my mirror and it says, am I better today than I was yesterday? And if the answer is no, sometimes it is, it's not Usually no twice mm-hmm. in a row. And that's kind of just how I've been living my life. But also with that, when you're like healing, there's some hard days that you're like coming to terms with things. And that's kind of where I am right now. Like I have some really hard days of oh wow, I didn't realize I was doing this because of this, or trying out this different type of therapy that breaks open something. It's it's a lot. Mm-hmm. Healing? <laughs> it's hard but worth it like Mm -hmm. it's it's such a journey
0: yeah i can relate to that so much because i had my own rock bottom as well and i've talked about it a lot on this podcast but i look back on that and it's the thing that i'm the most grateful Mm -hmm. for out of anything in my life because it changed the trajectory and what you're saying is so true it really is a foundation because you're all the way at the bottom You know, there's nowhere else to go. And that's a great place to start rebuilding. But it's so hard to have that perspective when you're in it. So I think it's amazing for anybody listening who is feeling like they might be at rock bottom too or going through something hard. I think stories like yours are so empowering and inspiring because... It's hard to see it when you're in it, but I'm sure you would look back and feel grateful for that as well. I mean, your book is called God Bless This Mess. Yes. It's like, that's it. <laughs> like, it all. And I think also the biggest thing that
1: I hope people take away is like, you can have all these great things happen in your life. And, and, And some things, it can be luck. Some things like you do deserve, you work. But if your internal piece is not there, like none of it is as gratifying or fulfilling as you think it's going to be. Mm -hmm. So like, (laughs) if you're at rock bottom, like you can start, like you said, like build that foundation and recognize like what was your foundation before and make choices to to pick something that is going to be more grounding and firm and but it's like that process of <laughs> looking at what the crap was it is hard like but it's so worth it like I think I had moments of I've, I've always had some mental health like sh- struggles in the past and kind of didn't know what it was it wasn't really talked about where I'm from Alabama like legit like therapy was for nobody talks like it just was not talked about and kind of being able to like just realize what was going on what like how to help aid in in the way that I my mood and the way that I feel has been first of all that's been life-changing but now that I've made some of these choices created these boundaries just changed my life I, you can feel greater joy than you ever could before like real presence because I didn't know how to do that in mm-hmm. the life that I was living and so I think that is where the like hope comes is like once you do the work you, you get to experience deeper joy deeper gratitude really understand like that like hope is healing and that it it will come so yeah super grateful for even all the
0: mess (laughs) what are some of the other tools that you had besides therapy and creating boundaries what are some of the tools that you incorporated into your healing and then the second part of that is you are putting yourself back out there again Mm -hmm. with this new show of yours and is there anything that you did to support yourself through that process that you maybe weren't doing before Mm -hmm. so
1: my healing process really started with journaling because like I said, hadn't really gone to therapy and my journal was the way that I could really express what was really going on. And that's still something that like I'm so passionate about. I think it it has just helped me so much in my life and day to day and really helping reshape the way like I'm thinking that day. Like I could write in my journal, like my negative mindset. And it's almost like once it's out there, I'm able to reset. And mm-hmm. I love that. that that's that been great.
0: I've like created a journal because mm-hmm. I'm so passionate about it. Do you do it in the morning? Like I first do. I do. do I'm morning. It? What about you? I When I do it, I'm not always consistent, but I like to do it in the morning as soon as I wake up, sit down with my matcha yeah. before I meditate because I feel like I have so much like just shit bouncing around yes. my head and it's something about like pen to paper and it's different when you write it versus when you do it in your phone too. For sure. Where it like clears out all of that all and the it junk. frees up so much space. So yes. I like doing the morning. Same. And
1: I will say when some people will say, Uh, I don't do it that much or whatever. I think journaling comes to you when you need it the most. So yes. like there's sometimes that I won't journal for I try to do it every day but there are seasons where I I don't mm-hmm. but in the seasons that I I really need it it always comes back to me and it's like so impactful and I think that yeah.
0: applies to so many of these things I think we're so exposed to everybody else's oh, healing my... practices and self-care routines and you feel like oh they must be doing this, to do every this every day this I have to do it to yes. to
1: be successful and it's like no people <laughs> honestly I'm <laughs> I'm calling bullshit that I don't think everybody does everything the exact way yeah. every day. My boyfriend is a lot more structured than I am, but even he sometimes wakes up at 4 30, sometimes 5 30. He can't like and <laughs> which weird. Um but there there is always some like level like you have to like be in tune with your body and what mm-hmm. your body and your mind need and that changes. But also the other thing that's helped me a lot on my healing journey is like I feel like many Americans were prescribed medicine from like their general physician without just being like, Oh, here, like, Oh, you need this. And while the medicine I've been on the same medicine this whole time, and it was actually like a good fit, actually going to see a psychiatrist and to where I work with Dr. Amon, Who's amazing. Oh yeah. Um, And got like a, a brain scan, did the whole thing and got on the right supplements. And, really figuring out what the heck is going on cuz sometimes the anxiety, depression, the ADD, all those things are are related to something else in mm-hmm. your body. So I started going to a lot of different doctors and found out I have a lot of sh- shit going on that no wonder I wasn't in the best mind space. Mm-hmm. So I think I think medicine and nutrition and therapy remedies like are just so important so that's that's been a big thing for me mm-hmm. I'm actually just now starting EMDR therapy yes. oh yeah because talk therapy I, I really needed and I think it's great and but for me there's like trauma like that just is like st- stuck mm-hmm. and I didn't even know and when you do these those EMDR treatments it's just wild so yeah. Try, trying a lot of different therapy acupuncture mm-hmm. is like my favorite thing ever it's helped me so much reiki i've kind of done it all <laughs> at this i mean there's a lot out there but i've yeah. i've done a lot of different things that i never thought i would do but you know you see what works for you and and so that's been some of the other things i've been doing on my journey and honestly taking some people out of my life and and keeping the good ones around mm-hmm. making my circle a lot smaller and protecting myself a little bit more. I think I had such a, I think vulnerability is amazing, but I think I like over, you don't have to overexpose yourself. And I think I didn't understand that. Mm-hmm. So really working on like protecting my peace, regardless of what people think that's coming from And <laughs> I think that's hard. I'm like, no, like, I don't, I'm not, not going to this or seeing this person because I don't like them or anything. It's just, I've got to protect this peace bubble around me as I'm on this journey of healing. Because I think when you're in the journey, you can be a little bit more fragile while you're building back up. And as far as the special forces show that I did, I think it was the perfect thing for me to do because it really put everything that I've been working for to the test. But that was really scary at first because I'm like, I've done all this work, but now I'm about to put myself in another very uncomfortable place position but it's for transformation this is not the show is not to hurt you anyway. It's to make you better mm-hmm. and to really bring you face to face with some of those you know demons and things that are still trying to take hold of you and really like seeing how you can push through and and break open to be better and and really push myself in a way I never thought was possible like I think we don't know our own strength and our own power until we're put in a position where we have to make decisions to see where, where we kind of land in that. And so that's, that's why I did it. And it was, it was really special. It was the hardest thing I've ever done. And I don't think there'll be any way for people to really see what we did because it was a totally immersive experience. And, physically mentally like just wild like I, I sometimes I'm like I can't believe I did this stuff what kind of things did they have you doing well it was obviously like physically you, you know it's going to be physically challenging mm-hmm. but it would be like mm, I don't want to like I'm trying to think of what I mean we had to jump the first like we we're literally there for mm, I don't even know how long and they're like pushing us on the floor. We're being, bags are over our head, being like yelled at, like drug around. We don't know where we're going and literally had to like strip down in front of, you know, you're stripped down and put on these clothes and you get a number and you're never called by your name. And we live, I think for me, the living conditions were like the (laughs) toughest part, even mentally, just we slept on a cot that was like, like, I don't know how some of the bigger guys slept on it. I mean, they were I mean, their their legs were like falling off, but like mm-hmm. even the sides, like so small in the desert, you're constantly sweating, there would be like literally and I'm not exaggerating, like maybe twenty-five flies like sitting on you. Like it was hard. I like, could shit in buckets never.
0: <laughs> outside. Oh, my like God.
1: this is not like a the producer <laughs> like you don't see the producers ever on the show. It oh, is truly God. like an immersive experience. And that can be hard because you have no idea what, you have no control of the way that that you're being perceived because you are just stripped down of everything. Like ego is, cannot be existent. Mm -hmm. So that was really tough. And then physically, like I said, I mean, you're, you're already like in the desert heat in Jordan. Oh Um, my God. Oh no. It's (laughs) like you're in, and it's just like your deepest, you're, you're up against Every, like the deepest fears, whether mm-hmm. that's claustrophobia or that it's heights or that is trusting somebody else with your life or being interrogated, people screaming at you, not knowing when I think one of the is like you never knew when something was going to happen. You're constantly on edge. How did that affect your fight or flight? Oh, I, that's what I, I, I was like, oh, this feels normal. Oh, you were chilling. <laughs> I wasn't, but I was just, it was hard. But I realized that like, I realized that that was something that I was kind of not comfortable with. It's never comfortable. You're just accustomed, but to, accustomed it. to it. Accustomed to it. But yeah, you were, there was no relaxing ever because they could come in there. And I mean, you're, you're doing basically a Navy SEAL special forces course. So just like watch one of (laughs) (laughs) those documentaries like I watched one like after I'm like this is literally what we had to do like that's exact like it it was just I can't like I keep the words to it sometimes because it was that wild and I don't like really like being yelled out it like triggers me somehow like not like that I want to yell back but like crumble and I had to just like get over that so like to prepare for it I did a lot of hypnosis oh To help get me into like a state of calm when chaos was going on. Hmm. I did not know how to do that before. Mm -hmm. If there was chaos, I was chaos. And so that actually helped me so much. Like meditation, but like kind of like learning. Okay, when all those like my brain is like firing that. Okay, we're in trouble. Like we need to be on guard. My, I, I would just like use those tools to kind of help slow my heart rate down and get back centered and kind of like shut everything else out
0: in a way I never really like I was proud of myself Mm because I was like oh wait this is working (laughs) I feel like Um, that's such a valuable skill to have too like I'm sure that's something that you'll have with you
1: for sure I mean I think you have to like practice it and I'm not always like that like my boyfriend says like I can be like chaotic energy and but when I do hone in on those tools like it it changes everything and it definitely helped me there but some of the times there was no helping it felt just I'm excited for people to see it but like I said like I wanted people to see it but I also think they'll never understand right because there's some things that are probably not like interesting tv that were probably like the hardest parts I don't know right. if they'll people will really show like they'll show so it it it's I'm super grateful for being able to have that experience because it taught me a lot about myself.
0: Over the years of being like on these competitive shows and being in the public eye, have you been able to not care what people's opinions are of you? Like I would imagine being scrutinized for your looks back in the pageant days Mm -hmm. and then being scrutinized for whatever on The Bachelor and then scrutinized on Dancing with the Stars and with social media, like people are going to scrutinize everything that you say and do. I know you've been open about like body image and things like that Mm -hmm. in the past, but have you been able to take yourself out of the comparison trap and take yourself out of being affected by people's judgment?
1: I will be very honest about that. I have seasons where I'm really great about it and I have seasons where I really struggle. I definitely think because I was in... I I danced and I did pageants before like the bachelor and bachelorette. I think that definitely helped me because I was used to people kind of saying, oh, you're so pretty. But if you could just lose this much weight, you know, you might have a shot or, you know, telling sending me pictures of other people and literally being like, you need to look like this girl before this time. So like that was my reality. Like I was used to people pointing out things. I think that's why I can be so. I learned to be very critical of myself. So there were times where I could really like laugh it off. But then there were times where if something had happened in my personal life that I was already like being critical about myself and to see somebody else point that out, that's when I really struggle. Mm. Because I am, I truly am my worst critic. Anything somebody's probably said about me, like I hate that I probably thought it. So it just like punctures the wound a little bit more when I'm in that negative state of Mm -hmm. mind, So that's why it's so important for me to continually work on my mental health because it helps with the way that I respond to the things I can't control. And that's what other people think and say about me when I have that control over myself and in a place of reminding myself I'm worthy and I am always like healing and growing instead of, pointing out all the mistakes I've made along the way. That's when those things can roll off my back. But I mean, how can I I truly don't know if it's possible in this day of age of like social media and it's like my soapbox, like how, how can we not compare ourselves? And it really like makes me sad for like, if I'm struggling with this, like I can't imagine how other young girls are struggling with comparing themselves to a false reality. First of all, it's not all true. And, that's why I sometimes like I I'm not always that active on my social, even though I know I, I probably should be for my business. But there are days that that that's life. Like you can't put up a, a, a front every day. Like it's mm-hmm. just I I like I said I'm too. T- I think I did it so much younger. Like when I was mm-hmm. younger, like I'm too tired to do it. So just kind of like giving myself what that needs, and sometimes that's not a picture perfect day or something. Mm-hmm. And then limiting the amount that I expose myself to it I think that's so hard because we are all in some way addicted to it but for me I I think it gives me anxiety and I realize I have to like just put the phone away and like I said be present like mm-hmm. it that's what I've had to really learn but yeah. to say that I I've there's no way for me to be truthful and say, I've got it all figured out, or I don't get in those comparison traps because I do. But I do have a foundation I know that I can fall back on when I find myself in those places. And that is what I'll be forever grateful for Mm -hmm. and want to encourage people that are also struggling with the same things that you can have that those foundations and that toolbox to help you through those times that are inevitable.
0: Yes. And social media isn't going anywhere. So we might as well figure out how to have boundaries Mm -hmm. around it and find what works for us and limit our exposures. We can't fully control everything that we see, but Mm -hmm. we can unfollow and we can mute and we can dislike things on our For You page if you don't want to see like whatever it is that's making you feel less than or anything like that. And I'm with you. I had a really hard year and it was just not realistic and it didn't feel good and it wasn't authentic for me to show up on social a lot which is hard because in this day and age especially if you have a business or Mm -hmm. you are your business or your brand it's a luxury to not be on social media absolutely but it's this never-ending hamster wheel because it isn't going anywhere yes so I think people are beginning to understand that more and I'm trying
1: to find the balance
0: like I know sometimes my I say I like literally ghost social
1: media sometimes I, I it's because it's still a journey that I'm on. It's like, it's honestly the first thing I did EMDR therapy on was my relationship with social media, the fear that comes with it. And I think that's just like the climate that we're in right now and being able to, I I, never, I didn't really have a hard time being authentic, but now when, if you're, if you're scared, it makes it hard to show up the way that i the only way i know how to show up so i'm having this like internal struggle with it to be honest and it's the journey that i'm on right now so i think a lot are, of people are not are, alone a lot, a lot of, of people really yeah. but i want to find that balance cuz like you said it's not going anywhere and i want it to be something that i am again excited to be on excited to use excited to connect with cuz that, that's the good part about it there mm-hmm. are good things about social media but it's just filtering through the bullshit in our own <laughs> minds and what the world is telling us. Right. I
0: mean, audio, audio is where it's yeah, at. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay, let's do a quick round of this or that. I had people send in, I don't even know what you call this or that. Mm-hmm. I see. actually love this or that. So I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> go in or stay
1: out? I am definitely going to go in. Sweet or savory? Ooh. Sweet. Small or big purse? <laughs> mm, probably a small purse because the lar- if I have a large purse, like it becomes a bottomless pit. Mm-hmm. I'm not good about like organizing it.
0: Bachelor in Paradise or regular bachelor or bachelorette? Regular. <laughs> regular bachelor bachelorette for sure. Hot or cold coffee?
1: Okay. I've always been hot and I've never understood cold coffee. And I... <laughs> I'm starting I'm still gonna say hot but I am starting to understand why cold coffee is good so okay you know ask me in a (laughs) a year we'll see What cold coffee do you like oh my gosh I like this one at Starbucks it's like but I realized that cold coffee is it tastes a lot better when you have like milk and stuff in Mm -hmm. it and I drink my coffee black when it's hot and now I've Discovered all the sweet and (laughs) yummy stuff. So, yeah, like a latte cold, I think tastes better than hot. But that's why I have to like, I want to continue to say hot because I drink it black (laughs) and that's just better for my body. But spray tan or self tan? Spray tan. I don't trust myself. (laughs) Big wedding or elope? This has actually been something I've been talking about a lot lately, just of like, I feel like I've been changing, I've changed. And I think elope. Actually, I don't know. We'll we'll see when I get there.
0: I hear you. I always thought I was going to be a big wedding person, and mm-hmm. then when it came time to actually plan my wedding, I was like,
1: "I it's don't want
0: anybody." We ended up having thirty-two people. We did it at a restaurant in the West Village in New York. That was like an old Italian restaurant, and we had it completely. It looked like a secret garden, and mm-hmm. we just had a big dinner party, which I
1: love. Which was amazing. I yeah. I I've been talking about that. I. I sometimes, like, I have, like, a few dreams of what it would be. Like, there is a world where it would be, like, on my my mom's side of the family has, like, we have some land in Menton, Alabama, like, farm. And, like, it, my mom got married on that same, it's, like, a in the same place and, like, to do that. So, I'd be, like, very homegrown hometown. Well, not even my hometown, but, like, mm-hmm. it's a small place. So they couldn't really... That many people because there's nowhere for them to stay. And then I've also I love the idea of having a smaller wedding, eloping, and then having like a fun party. Yes. Because I will say I feel like I will miss like a fun reception because that that is where I come alive. (laughs) So I want that, but I just don't want all the stuff that Mm -hmm. the planning that comes along with the big wedding and big reception. So we'll see. I'm not there yet, but it is something that I've been like thinking about more. Instagram or TikTok? Instagram. Really? I actually, because I feel like this is also my boundaries like thing, I get so sucked in on TikTok. Mm-hmm. Instagram, I I just, I like stories, but I don't really like the algorithm right now because I can't even see the people I want to. I know.
0: What are you? Are you TikTok? No, I'm Instagram, but yeah. I feel like I have to do TikTok, but it's so hard it's to so- be consistent across, especially with a podcast yes. too, like so many platforms. So if I'm on top of one, the other is falling by the wayside. And then if I'm on top of the other, the other. So it's like... It is a juggling act. Yes. Yeah. I feel the same way. I think TikTok,
1: I love watching content on TikTok, mm-hmm. creating it on there. I've just got to learn, like I said, not to care. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> and I really don't. If you look at my content, you're like, ah, I don't think she cares. <laughs> but really just be more active on it but it's like a
0: i mean it is it's like a full-time job yes i know i'm trying to outsource to people because i'm like i can't do everything but then people really only connect with the content that you're doing people know when
1: it's you or somebody else yeah i've I've done both and it's like it is such a battle so (laughs) people just just like even if it's a really bad tiktok
0: just just give us some love just
1: (laughs) encourage us to keep going
0: also the the culture on tiktok (laughs) is so different i feel like on Instagram, you have more of a community because the people who see your content are the people who follow you. Whereas on TikTok, so many people who see your content just see it on the For You page, which makes it fun to be a content consumer, I think. For sure. But it's also why it makes it so addictive. But then when you're on the receiving end of people's comments who don't know you or anything about you, they're so snarky. It's just like not a, it's not like a safe space yes
1: for sure. and that's, I know, that's why the podcast to. is like a safe space yes. it's like if people are going to listen they are interested in you and want to like encourage and be encouraged yeah for the most part there are definitely I some mean, haters
0: on
1: the podcast. I'm sure they're everywhere <laughs> yeah I think there should be a, I've talked about this I just feel like there should be a tv show of we confront these trolls yes because I feel like there's definitely there's there's some TV in there that's going
0: on in their life that you, sure that you feel the need to do that. The people who are trolling are only doing it because they don't have to be accountable and because they can be anonymous. Like yes, ninety nine point nine 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 percent of them would never say anything to your face. No,
1: no, <laughs> probably give you a hug and be like, "Yeah, I love you. I love you." I'm like, do you though? Know? No, <laughs> no, but it's really great. I try to like remind myself my. I keep talking about my boyfriend but he's awesome and he's so like helpful and helps redirect me but there's like there are so many people that that do love what we're trying to do and Mm -hmm. just focus on that and never let the few that are just out there like probably doing it to multiple people steal the joy that you have of like what you're trying to create but it yeah it's so hard.
0: Well, I think we're out of time but thank you so much for coming on yeah I think it was you're so amazing fun. and thank you for being so candid I think a lot of people who are listening to this can definitely relate so tell everybody do you know when the show comes out
1: yeah the show comes out January 4th on okay. Fox and I think people are actually really gonna love it it's like number one show in the UK and they're bringing this is the first time they're
0: amazing. they're bringing
1: it over and it's a great way not only like to see me, but some other incredible people in, like, their rawest form, so. I'm excited. I'm going to tune in. I got to see what this is all about. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I I really think people are going to love it, and I'm so honored to be a part of it, but don't make fun of (laughs) the fact. reminder. I did not get to shower for (laughs) a long time. (laughs) How long are we talking here? Well, I can't really say because it would give away, like, but it was... It was rough.
0: It was hard, but we'll have to tune in. That's what it was about.
1: (laughs) Just remember that folks.
0: Trolls. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you.